Hello everyone, this is Sonata Allison and you're listening to episode 54 of the Parallel Podcast where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast. So as you guys can see, today's more of a serious uh, episode, but I think it's an important conversation because it is happening way more often than we actually know. And I think there are a lot more opportunities for advocacy um, that we actually know of. And, you know, just because we're not seeing it happen or it's not prevalent in the news or in the media doesn't mean it's not affecting the men that we know in our lives. Could be your father, your uncle, your brother, a cousin, anybody. So I think this will be helpful just to see the perspective, but also, you know, ask encourage you to ask questions or or give you the courage to ask questions or to understand um, people's experiences and also potential experiences that you have no clue about. So because this uh, topic is so hard, I do want to do a quick disclaimer um, just for you to kind of check your heart and what you're comfortable with. Um, This may bring some things up for you that you didn't know happened to you, didn't know happened to people that you care about. Um, So I do just want to let you guys know we'll be talking about some hard things today. Um, so just a quick disclaimer. So I think this was an awesome conversation we got to have and I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, guys. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Awesome. Good. How are you? Awesome. Glad to hear. I'm doing well as well. You know, people don't ask me that usually. So I appreciate you yeah. asking. <laughs> uh, but um, when I have new people on the podcast, I ask them a question. So I'm going to ask you guys as well. Um, the question is, what is one aspect of Christ, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, all all the Trinity, uh, their character that has been most evident in your life? That's a good question. You go on. I would say, a key, can, is it safe to say a keeper? You know, I, I feel like the Holy Ghost has been a keeper for me. You know, God has been a keeper. Like, um, it's been many times, of course, which we shared in the book that I've I've, you know, people say throw in the towel or they try like there's times when I like completely gave up. So um, mm. I, you know, and I know people believe in various of things, but um, my faith in God has really kept me this far. So when I wanted to give up, God was definitely right there keeping me even when I didn't want to. So for that, I'm very, very appreciative. That's good. Yeah, I love that. What about you, Rich? I would say... um the fact that he's grace giving, because I know as a believer, there have been many times, um, especially before I gave my life to God, that, you know, if it wasn't for his grace, even when I was out there, you know, cutting up, that I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So that's one thing that I've learned is to practice that even with the people in my life, people I come across, giving grace, because God graces us every single day. None of us are perfect. So, you know, being trying to be more like him and extending that grace when someone may do us wrong, or I don't know, someone may cut us off on the street, like not, you know, just getting so bent out of shape about it, but um, trying to be more like Jesus and um, forgive people. But most definitely just that aspect of grace, I think is so important. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Amen. <laughs> so, 
Um, as you guys can see, um, we'll be talking about um, male sexual abuse survivors. And um, there is a book that you guys are a part of. So I wanted you guys to tell people about Echoes mm. and your roles um, individually. Um, Rich, would you like to go first? <laughs> sure. Um, um, okay, so Echoes. Um, I've been blessed to be a part of this project with this phenomenal group of guys, really. I call them, um, they're survivors, but they're definitely very brave. Um, and to be this vulnerable um, and transparent and open with their story takes a lot of strength. And so um, I'm on the side of an advocate. Um, you know, I'm not a survivor of sexual trauma. However, I've been able to connect with these guys on a deeper level. Um, we have went on trips out of town. So and we've had that opportunity to all come together and just really get to know each other, um, really connect with each other. And so um, Echoes, it's an anthology project. I think I said that right. Um, where it features the story. Yes, you did. Of, <laughs> the stories of survivors of um, sexual trauma. Some of these guys are survivors from childhood. Um, some of them had things happen to them in their adulthood. So it covers the whole gamut um, of survivorship, I would say. And, pe and the guys are at different levels in their journeys as well. You have some who, you know, are a little farther along than there are others who are still on that journey. But I would say that ultimately they're all still on a journey of healing. It's just that different people are at different places. So I've been fortunate enough, again, to be a part of this project um, to support <laughs> these guys. I've learned so much from them in terms of how to support survivors, specifically male survivors. And so it's just been an honor to be connected to all of them, including the Quine. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm just smiling and overjoyed because, you know, he, he doesn't give himself as much credit as he should. Um, all those things are very correct. And before I get on my um, intake on the book, what the book means to me, um, uh, why? Well, I'll say this first. I am a co-author of the book. I am a survivor of sexual trauma. Um, I want to say all those things Rich said was 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 great and very on point. But I also want to say this to all all those who are advocates and allies, which Rich definitely is. He's so humble. As people say, humble. He's so humble. So, <laughs> um, but no, he's he's been a part of our journey from the beginning. <clears throat> he was connected to, I believe, to Robert, and of course, he one of our other friends, our great friends, but also part of the book Ron. And um, he's been on this journey and even taking his time um, to come out and support us. And um, I, I tell him all the time and also the other friends as well that are advocates, they're our brothers and they're just as important as all the other brother, brothers in this journey. Um, he's taking the time out to come out and support us. Um, every single time he can come out part of, to be a part of this event and share his intake and just listen and also pour into the other guys, he's taking that time to do that. So I tell him all the time, but I appreciate you, brother. Um, but this book for me is definitely all those things and more. It's like, and I was just asking the ch chapter and I didn't mean to flip it to that, but I was looking at it and it was, um, on page, page 13, it was says breaking the silence. And that's what I believe mm. this book is. It's, it's, um, us breaking the norm. I hate to say that it's become normal that we don't talk about this, 
And it's almost become like a taboo, which I know it, which it isn't, but we've made it that way because mm-hmm. um, maybe we don't have the foundation to talk about these things. Maybe we don't um, have the platform. Maybe we are just, um, or we're scared, but that's what we're doing. We're breaking the silence in this book. Um, and I love what Robert has done, which is the founder of this, and also my mentor, allowing us to be able to share our stories and um, share it so deeply and share exactly how we felt. And this book will show you, you know, not just men <clears throat> or survivors um, that are sharing their stories, but it's a resourceful book. It's a foundation of how to talk about these things. Um, and I, I believe mm. I believe that it's going to be used in colleges and churches, um, you know, with amongst family. And I and I hope that is um, it's a start for men to start their journey to um to wholeness. That's what I hope for. I hope, I hope yeah. men read this book and say, you know what? I have a voice. So that's what I'm hoping. And so many words, I hope men read this and break out that silence. That's what I really hope. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I don't know for, I don't know why the Lord put it on my heart, like men's mental health and stuff like this. Um, but I don't know. It just, it's just been heavy on my heart to just allow men to have these conversations because I know um, for so many years, the feminist movement has been so huge. And um, then you wonder like, where are the men, where are their voices and what are their experiences? So um, that's why, you know, I've taken different opportunities to talk about men's mental health, masculinity and things like that on the podcast. So I knew this was like a next step. I just had to kind of figure out who to do it with. So I'm grateful that you guys came on today and we're, vulnerable enough to do this with me. So I thank, appreciate thank you, you because um, I, in the beginning stages of this, first of all, I, I tell my friends and I tell my brothers, this is not something I wanted to, to do. And I'm, what I mean by yeah. that is, you know, if I could have picked any other story to talk about, I probably would have did mm. that, you know, but because I have these great men that are stepping up and vulnerable, this vulnerability that they're showing to do something like this, and this is, let me say this too, like a lot of people think there's no fear in this or you're not nervous, even with sharing my story and where I'm at now, I still get nervous. I still have to remind myself where I'm at with sharing this story. Mm. Um, but there has been so many women, I'm sorry if I'm ranting on, but um, there's no, been so many women, including you um, as of lately that has been such a support. So I tell you, thank you. Um, and I know, you know, the Lord, the Lord is, is not, not random on what he does. He's always strategic about how he does things. So thank you for this because you guys have been shown to be our biggest supporters, our biggest. Awesome. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for this opportunity. Of course. So, um, yeah. And I, I've seen like small clips of Robert doing like groups with you guys too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's amazing. Just hearing the small snippets, like I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. Um, and I'm a I'm a mental health therapist, so you already know, like I want I want to be in there. <laughs> those, but if you ask um, Rich, those oh god, they just give me chills. Those are no joke, and that's how we yeah, all. Yeah, but it actually, looks beautiful. When we met, what was that? That was Chicago. It was Chicago in October of last year, and we did a Survivor Circle weekend or Survivors weekend for the men in the book, and also we had an event too. I don't even know where to start. Like people asked us when we got when we got back when they saw certain clips of us singing or talking and laughing or crying. Like, how was that? I still don't have words for that. And that was also an introduction mm. of us meeting each other. These men are some special men. Like when I tell you, like we got the 
I I haven't been able to let go and pour out ever like that because I don't think I never had an opportunity or a space in which I felt safe like that. So what you guys see is just a clip. Like, and we just had that experience again recently where our trip in mm. Baltimore. I, I don't know. I I and there are certain clips that we do have, and I'll definitely be sure to to send them to you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, please do. Um, so just quickly, because I don't want to forget, is do you guys do things like this often or is it open to the public or is it just you guys in the in in the book or how do we do this, Rich? It's like <laughs> So, well, um, so it's kind of open to, well, to an extent it's open to the public. Yeah. So I, I'd say like the events, which are more geared towards, um, um, the book and, and, you know, advocating for survivors, like the events, um, yes. I would say those are open to the public, but a lot of the moments that we've had that you've maybe seen some of the clips on Robert's social media, were really, you know, just kind of intimate moments um, with kids, like when we're like at the house or something, um, you know, or just all together. And so it was really mm-hmm. organic. I say organic and intimate because it wasn't planned to the extent like we knew that that was going to happen. It's just, you know, when God starts to move, right, you have to be obedient. And so it really just became very organic. But we do have exactly. public <laughs> events, which honestly are, in my opinion, just as powerful as well. Like there have been some very powerful moments, transformational moments for some of the people who have been in attendance to those as well. Okay, awesome. So we'll I'll let you guys know. We'll talk about that towards the end where they can find that. But I definitely wanted to make sure to plug that because oh, definitely. Um, as you guys know, community is huge when you're being vulnerable and you have things that, you know, yes. were done in the dark like sexual abuse. So um, definitely want to make sure people can get connected with that. Um, so I just want to share a quick statistic um, that I found recently. If you guys have any other ones that are more up to date, you can let the people know. But um, in my master's, we we talked about things like this. And uh, a recent st- statistic that I found was one in six men have been uh, sexually abused or assaulted. Yes. I don't know if that's, is that yes, what you guys is. have heard? It's one of those that okay. we also use as, as, to reference as well. Okay. Um, and also, I think it's important to note that a lot of male sexual abuse is underreported, way yes, more underreported than, right. than females. That's right. So that number is probably a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. from um, what I've heard. Which is sad. Very which sad. is really sad. Yeah. I've heard that it's probably more like really one in three um, because it is so underreported. Um, there mm. are, as you said, you know, a lot more men out there who just haven't spoken up or you know come forward yet um about their trauma or they may not even recognize yeah. that what happened to them was you know sexual trauma they may think it was just some kind of coming mm-hmm. up yes. that we may talk about but um yeah so i just i won't yes yes and i forgot about i wanted to mention that as well um i think you know obviously you guys can talk to it way more than i can so definitely chime in whenever but um, I think there's this assumption that, you know, at some point a boy has to lose his, his virginity and it's better that it's like quick and young. So he just gets it over with. Um, even like, I think Boosie, the rapper, he had his son. That, his, I, I, that I know. <laughs> right. He had his son, like he bought him a stripper for, for his, 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 his like, I don't know how young and, he was. And posted it. And I'm like, all for like, Rob, excuse me, not Rob, even though I'm all for what Rich said with grace and, you know, I've learned, I, with this, with this, and what we're doing, we learn to give our, you know, to give grace. But 
I'm trying to build up to say what I'm going to say, like seeing that and how it's posted, because I would never tell someone, especially not a, being a parent of how to do things. But that really spoke to me in such a, a heartbreaking way, like seeing mm-hmm. how it was posted and how how proud he was of that. Right. Um, like yeah. my son come of age or even people are doing it even when their son is not of age, of course. And and um, that's a whole that's a whole nother thing. But how how yeah. proud he was of that and how people celebrated it as well in the comments. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just thought we have to. And sometimes we can't blame people because, you know what, they may not you can't teach or you can't teach what you don't know. Right. Yeah. But and that may have happened to him in his childhood. Mm-hmm. And I give it and I give an excuse because I'll have to be accountable. Right. But um, mm-hmm. and that young man is thinking like this is this is the way to go. Like this is how it's supposed to be. And it's not it's healthy right, ways. To, right. It's all about choice like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about it's, it? I'm it's, sorry, I went on a rant, but how do you feel about that? No, I think I think what you're saying is completely correct. Um, at the end of the day, like as Christians, we know that there's an ultimate truth at the end of the day. So the truth is he should not have done that. Like, that's what it comes down to. And we see the effects of even pornography and things on just the human brain, regardless if it's a man or a woman, yeah. um, at a young age. And then just throughout life, it has negative effects. So having your child have a stripper for his birthday is not a good thing. Like it's, n- also, it's not going to be considered that. I'm, I'm, you know what? I, I just needed to hear this. Like it's triggering, but triggering. And I know knowing how to, how to deal with it and how to talk about it now, but it really disturbed me in the beginning. And I also will say, um, and I don't know the stats on this, but um, when it comes to, and I know we'll probably talk about it somewhere. Um, but when it comes to being a survivor, most people say victim, but being a survivor of sexual trauma, or sexual assault, I would say things are looked at so differently rather from it's uh, um, someone that's a young woman and a young man or a young man and a young woman, or mm-hmm. ra- or rather it's um, another man was molested by the same sex or a woman was molested by the same sex. And it's almost, it's sickening because it's celebrated when a man is, I've seen it, not all the time, but it's celebrated when a young man is, is, is sexually assaulted by a woman. Um, mm, yeah, and, and I know uh, one of my brothers, which is not here, but a young man named Jay, Jay Wallace, which is uh, one of our brothers that's in the book, and how he shared his story concerning um, that and not really knowing that was happening to him. But when it said, you know, and I've seen this and heard this when stories come out, a man was sexually assaulted by his teacher, which was a woman or another, or you know, and it's celebrated. It's like, but you, I've heard stuff like, oh, but you got some, and you know what, oh, that's my boy. I've heard stuff like that. Never yeah. understood why that was celebrated. That's, I guess, maybe that's another thing. But this, I don't yeah. Know. So, did you want to say something to that, Rich? Yeah. Um. You know, not to repeat what you said, Daquan, <clears throat> but you're right. Like in our society, um, you do hear about it. I mean, I've I remember being in high school, middle school, specifically high school, and guys, you know, talking about. Well, I guess locker room talk is what they call it about you know, teachers and things like that. And like you said, it is celebrated, but I feel like at the same token, if that was a young lady and it was a male teacher, it's looked at totally different. So it's a double standard that Mm -hmm. we have in our society when it comes to this topic specifically. Yeah. Um, And I think this, this thing about men losing their virginity, that's when you become a man, you know, the sooner the better. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw this video on Twitter like years ago, but it was really disturbing to me. This boy hops back in the car with his friend. And he's like, oh, like, did you get some? And he's like, like, has the tears in his eye. Like, she uh, like basically took it from him. Wow. And it's like, that's literally sexual assault. He got in the car and he's saying like, I didn't even want to do that. Basically. Like I didn't, he, he, you could tell in his eyes, he was in shock. That hurts me. I, yeah. And it's oh, like, man. why are we, this is not funny to be laughing out about this boy was literally sexually assaulted, but because it's in your mind, like, Oh, men have to enjoy it. Um, if it's pushed on you, like you have to enjoy it. That's just so sad and wrong. And that's why I think the numbers are so low and it being reported. It's this false sense of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Like, and and what a man is, and I remember Robert saying one time on his podcast, uh, what asking the young the people that were on there, what do you think a man is, right? And they all answered differently. And I think a lot of times, what a man is, it was what was around you, what was your surrounding, right? Yeah. Mm. So if you were, you know, and you know, in the streets, and you know, um, you were looking for someone, a lot of times these drug dealers would bring other young men in, and and raise you up and teach you to do what they were doing. Okay, well, that's your version of what a man is, right? And so we have mm-hmm. this false sense of mass, you know, what a man is supposed to be. And it's like, it's everything but that what we've been taught. And again, I know it's one of those yeah. things when, and it's so important why you're doing what you're doing and um, and bringing awareness to what men deal with in general, because it's just been a thing that's been taught over the years. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just sad, you know, cause that was, that was my thing. That was, I think when I lost my virginity, I was very young. I don't know if I even told anybody, but maybe some close friends, but even then we weren't taught, you know, as people say, the birds and the bees and the importance of it. I may have heard what sex was and how it was supposed to be in church, but that was little to none because I was busy doing my own thing. And, um, mm. and it was just like, okay, no, now how many women you have, right. And how much money you have. And, you know, I mean, you know, when you slept with and et cetera, and then all right, now you're a man. That's what it was. And it was never right. the healthy way of what it was and how it's supposed to be was never taught. Mm-hmm. Just, you, you know, unhealthy ways of me learning was um, and other men learning probably was by the people around you yep. um, learning unhealthy ways of what that was by porn, you know, like, you know, and so. It's that's that's interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. So I know you kind of hinted at it, but how old were you um, when you first experienced it? And how long did it take you to actually tell someone? Oh, man. So the transparency of it all, because I still I still like say it out loud and can't believe can't believe it. But um, so um, and I just shared this with my mom recently. Um, how? Wow. In the beginning, um, and I wasn't. I know, can we be? Can I? Can I open? Can I be on here? As open as you need to. <clears throat> uh, I just want to be mindful, right? So, <laughs> so no, I'll, I'll give it a little disclaimer in the beginning. So, right, okay, okay. So, um, so for me, I, and um, it was one of my mom's boyfriends, and it was around, and uh, no penetration of that act was was um happened or that act happened, but I do remember um him holding me down and touching me and everything else. And, um, and that was my first, not knowing, first of all, I was only four. All right. I was four. Okay. So I'm not knowing what, what exactly happened. And, um, it was also memory that I tried to forget 
um, I really, really try to forget. I know trauma has a way of making you forget things, but yeah. I purposely mm-hmm. forgot because, you know, of who the person was, because um, I was old enough to know, too, that he was he wasn't he was very young. But so he was in my mind, he was a real good friend, a little a big brother of mine in my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe he was drunk at the moment, not giving an excuse to what he's done. But I remember being on my mom's bed and holding me down and touching me and stuff like that and trying to take my clothes off. And it seemed like it lasted forever. And mm. nobody was there. Nobody really heard what was going on. So that was something that I try to forget. And then uh, it would come yeah. back every now and then. But I never, I said I would never bother to talk about that. I actually just told my mom this a couple of days ago. Wow. Wow. Um, and then my experience with one of my um, abusers started when that actually, when I feel like, you know, all the different, a lot of different acts are really traumatized me was around fifth grade. And uh, my story was I was abused from fifth grade to around 10th grade. Mm. And in Saginaw, which is a city where I'm from, Saginaw, Michigan, a small place, um, it seemed like no matter where I went, this man found me. And um, real small place, but yeah, no matter where I, no matter where I went, it seemed like he would find me everywhere I went, everywhere we relocated. Um, wow. Yeah, that was some of the most traumatizing times of my life yep mm-hmm. so you say you so was your mom the first person you told it no, couldn't have been so who was the, the first person, person that you told, told. <laughs> yes how is so just talk to me a little about about that like why you know what that was like for you telling your mom last but also who was the first person you told oh man the first person was um one of my one of my good friends um and um i told him told my brother around around i don't know around 2009 um no maybe like 2010 2011 somewhere in there and even then i don't know the study in which the website comes from so i hate to quote things and not know but um i was thinking about the one that rob um actually shared with um one of the churches we were at just recently in baltimore how the study showed that it may may take up to 25 years for men just Mm -hmm. to admit something happened to him wow that's and that's deep. and that's not putting words to it. So, because men don't say I was raped, right? Men don't right. say it, it's hard for men to say I was molested. It's hard for mm-hmm. men to say I've been touched. To be honest with you. Right. So, yeah. um, I think at the moment I shared like, yeah, like somebody like I don't know how I explained it, but I said it. But I didn't put I didn't know how to put words to it. And then later on, one of my friends told me because I believe he shared it with people, um, uh, with his church and it was part of his ministry. And um, and it also happened to him. So I never could give the I couldn't get the words back then. So around 2010, 11, I shared it, but I still didn't put the words to it. I was just like, I know what happened, but I wasn't admitting it. Now, mm. as far as actually saying that was maybe I think maybe 2019. Mm. Okay. 2019. And how long after that was that? How long after the 10th grade was that? Oh, gosh. Well, I graduated 2010, so. Okay. Ooh. So nine years. Around, yeah, around nine. Yeah. And um, putting okay. words to it, actually say it out loud. That was, I was raped. I was, I was, I was molested. I was taken advantage of was around 2018, 2019. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that experience like for you <laughs> talking to the first person? 
Um, <laughs> it was tough. I, I, it was tough, and I think I, I think I may have shared it because he had put something like that on Facebook or asked a question, mm. and so we were talking, and I, and I told him about it. Um, and even then, you know, there's a lot of things that happen too as a survivor that you purposely try to forget. Like even in the book, there's things I didn't share because I wasn't sure how vulnerable I could be or how open I could be yet. And there's also things that I didn't remember yeah. until mm-hmm. the book was released. Then it started jogging my memory. <clears throat> so um, it was tough. I'm a cry baby. I'm sure I cried. <laughs> um, and I remember him just telling me like, you know, um, you have people that support you, but at the moment I didn't, there wasn't any, truthfully, you know, that, my, that particular brother, but um, <clears throat> I didn't have the support. I mm. I feel like I was first of all in, in my case I'll I'll give you the experience of that child and how I feel as a child. I already felt like I was a black sheep. Um, I was going to church in a relationship with God, but also doing my own thing, um, and out the streets during that time. I was I'm a recovering alcoholic, so during that time I was definitely drinking, clubbing, doing all that stuff. And community, I didn't, first of all I know the community what community means, but. I wasn't looking for that because I wasn't looking to share it publicly, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also in the black community, there's so many stigmas that come with that about sharing your story and what it means, how people don't look at you. And then also as a survivor in general, you have to fight for people to believe you. I didn't want to go through none of that. And during that time, I also was being abused by my mom's boyfriend, like physically abused. So I shared in a story, I shared in a book how, I was taught that I didn't matter. My boundaries didn't matter, right? Um, that I had no personal space to myself, not knowing what, how to say no and not having a voice. So don't, I'm saying that to give like, um, um, like to tell you, I guess how I feel what was happening during that time. So even when I shared it with him, it was because uh, he sensed it or he said, I saw it in the spirit. I think he was telling me, like I never mentioned to this particular friend anything. Mm. Um, so, that was my first experience, and we and uh, never talked about it after that. Never. Okay. Not until, not until two thousand around two thousand nineteen, two thousand yeah two thousand nineteen twenty somewhere in there, and that's when I mm-hmm. started seeing Robert. He was actually the only person I knew, and another brother of mine. But publicly sharing it, and Rob didn't only just share I was I was abused. It was like he gave words to it, and he shared detail in it. Um, even if I shared out, I told my, told, I was going to say I was, I was sexually abused. I wasn't given detail. I didn't want people to know that part of my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to revisit that part of my life. So I'm definitely not about to share yeah. that. But, um, that's where the beginning part, part was of meeting him. That's when I started actually sharing details about what happened to me. Yeah. And as you were talking, um, you were saying you are a recovering alcoholic. And that's one of the things I noticed about, um, people that are sexually abused alcoholism different things like that yeah. um end up kind of grabbing hold of you so wow. how do you feel like you and I, you were talking about boundaries as well um so how do you feel like this experience affected your temperament Ooh, um how did i want to say you know what i was growing up i'll say this i was 
I was always the nice, not to say, I don't want to say the nice child of all my brothers and sisters. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but I was, uh, <laughs> I always had a good temperament to, about myself, you know? Um, but I also had, through this trauma created anger issues. Um, I was very angry. I was very distraught. I was low self-esteem, um, very little to no confidence at all. Mm. Um, and then there was times when it changed, when I was just an a-hole, when I didn't want to be around anybody. Um, I don't want to share anything with anybody. I became isolated. And that's, <clears throat> yeah, it, I want to say it changed me for the worse. Mm-hmm. Um, until now, I feel like now I've learned to use those things as a stepping stone. And those things actually uh, turned out to make me better. But yeah, my temperament about me was good at first. And I think what happened was, I was a good kinded person, maybe because I didn't not want anyone else to feel how I felt. Mm. It's safe to yeah. say that. Yeah. And it's very conflicting because I was also. It's I'm very conflicting. That's why I was trying to learn show. how to answer that because it wasn't mm-hmm. consistent. It wasn't. Yeah. And that's literally what it is. It's very confusing. Like <laughs> you're angry, but you also want people to be close to you, but you're also like, please don't, t- don't touch me. Oh, I that's exactly. And I, I wanted just, to say that, but I wasn't sure. It was. Yeah, and um, it's yeah, confusion. Yeah. Literally, it's confusion. It is. So I'm not just asking you just to ask you things. I, I want this to be helpful for other men yeah, and girls who have also experienced this, so they can kind of hear, of course, you know, you know the result of things. Um, so how do you feel like it affected your sexuality? You know, I was reading that. <laughs> I was reading that. It's crazy. I remember you sent me those questions. I was like, how do I answer this? Because then it, it also proves to make me in a vulnerable place um Mm. it made me first of all being being molested or for my my case i was raped so being raped made me feel made me feel very little and i'm getting to the part of sexuality it made me feel like again i was saying earlier i'll say this it made me realize that i have i it's hard for me to say no Right. I know mm. people say no, it's a complete sentence. But for me, I didn't really, really realize that. So when it came to anything, anything sexual, it was just like it was a go, you know. And and um, I also feel during that time, especially at times when I feel like and nobody knew. But when I was on this. This rampage and just like having sex here, having sex there and everything, everything sexual in general, I I think was was messed up, but I or or tainted. Mm. But I felt like sex was the only thing I was good for. If I can just be mm. real, wow. So when it comes to sexuality, I felt I felt like um, if I didn't give, and that's something I'm still working with in general in my life. Like, but I felt like if I didn't give that because I'm a person that gives my all with friendships and relationships, and I felt like I if I didn't give that part of me, that I wasn't you know that people wouldn't accept me right. And, and I also feel like I was the only thing I was good at, mm. you know, like that was a big part of my life. Um, and everything was tainted, you know, and I, and, and I started to think that anybody that <sighs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like I had to have, I had, I don't know. I felt so many times I compromised because I felt like, and, and many times when I didn't want to, but I did anyway, because I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like sex was a big part of my life. Like it needed to happen, mm-hmm. you know? 
And again, thinking that was the only thing I was good at. That happened for so long. And uh, that ruined, with that being said, that ruined a lot of relationships. Or it could have been, you know. Um, Even ruined a lot of friendships, too. Um, And I started to mistake mistake sex with love. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so I started to think, well, if I'm having sex with someone, and not that I fell fast for anyone or fall in love, but I thought that was love. And it could be in a healthy way. Let me let me say that too. Right. A disclaimer. But yeah, I thought that was love. For so long I thought that was mm-hmm. love. And that's something that I to be to be honest, that I'm still um trying to I'm so I'm still telling myself every day. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what is what does the healing process look like for you? What is what have been the most helpful things for you in the process? Um first of all, my faith in God for sure. And let me say this too, and I know everybody doesn't agree, but faith and therapy goes together. So, um, <laughs> Jesus and therapy. Jesus and therapy. Shout out to my bro Rich yeah. for the shirts. I had, I had just a little little plug, little plug. He has mm-hmm. he has a shirt set that says those, those things. So, um, but yeah, and also surrounding yourself with people that want more for you and don't want more from you. Mm, right. That's good. Um, so I'm surrounded by great people now that teach me that, um, just seeing the giant in me constantly speaking into my life and helping me to realize who I am. Also, um, realizing how much God loves you. And I know people, I know people say that all the time. So when we hear, we like, cause we do hear it all the time and people say that to reference when someone is going through or for you to get it. But it's so true. When you realize how much God loves you, you start to you start to begin to love yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Everything was tainted, and even with the sex and everything else, and all the parts of my life, because I didn't love myself. I'm just starting to love myself. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, and that's something the truth I couldn't share. I feel like I couldn't share at the beginning, but I'm just starting to love myself. I'm just starting to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. Um, even even this had a, a part to do with my life. Even forgiveness, right? Because forgiveness also helped me start loving myself. But I forgave. My forgiveness came um, with forgiving the people that sexually assaulted me first, my offenders. Forgiving myself was the hardest. Wow. Forgiving myself was the hardest. And on it, so so for me, I would say community, right? Community is big, um, which mm-hmm. I didn't know we had um, in a black community. I definitely didn't see that because I speak for a black man community in general. I didn't see much of that at all. Right. So how'd you find it? Robert. So what, so Robert, so Robert, uh, Robert Marshall, which was the founder of all this, which is also my mentor. Um, when I was speaking about 2019, when I started to share it only because again, I saw, I saw his story and okay. I started to share little things and, I wasn't getting responses from family, but certain people on social media and I wasn't looking for responses. I was just like, this is heavy on me and I got to just get it out. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm like, I can, I think I'm brave enough to share this too. Right. Cause I think I shared it with my best friend for years as well. But, um, I remember him reaching out to me. First of all, the only time I, Robert reached out to me, I reached out to him first, but didn't realize how busy he was. And my brother passed away July 4th from COVID. So during that time, oh wow! during that time in general, I was going through a lot, lost a lot of people. I was also sick from COVID at one point. And then I was just at a point when I was just down bad. So 
this around 2020, yeah, 2020, I was just, I was struggling. I was spiraling down. Honestly, I never got help from any of this. Um, I wasn't seeing a therapist at the moment. Um, and you talk about community, there was none. Like, um, and also, yeah. even though I love, I love my church, um, when it comes to Christendom in the churches and also in the black churches, it's definitely not being talked about, but it's happening in the black churches as well. Right. And, let, and also another disclaimer, it's happening everywhere. I'm just speaking from my, I don't want anybody to get offended. So I'm speaking from my experience that, yeah. that we have faith and we have resources or resources for sexual survivors and men was little to none. Mm-hmm. And um, when it was tried to, when it was talked about, it was almost too late. It was almost because something happened and then it has to be mm-hmm. spoken about. But I talked to Robert, reached out to me one time in August. Um, at the moment, be truth, I was very suicidal. Um, mm. I was just, my brother, it seemed like that took a life that took the life out of me. Um, he was the one that was pushing me. I, I, did, I did tell him, actually, I told him in 2019 and he was pushing me to share more of this. Right. And I would tell him, nobody's going to believe me or, and I'm a grown man saying this. Right. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, people say it shouldn't matter. It does. And he was pushing me to do it. So when he passed away, I was like, I don't care who is going to help. You know, people say yeah, it happened for a reason. I didn't care. Like, cause I was hurting. Right. And yeah. then one day Robert called and was like, Hey man, I need you. Now, mind you, I talked to Robert a few times. Didn't, didn't know Robert. Robert's like, I'm telling you what God told me. I want you to be a part of this man. Um, I'm not taking you away from what you're trying to do. I see you're trying to do something else as well. Like, like what we're, what I, what I'm doing. I'm not asking you to put to the side of anything, but I'm just asking you to be a part. And also when I heard, I need you, that really, I think started my journey to heal healing. Because um, I've never heard anybody tell me that. Mm. Not even relationships. Like they may need something, but needing you is different, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And I think that started. And you know, um, during that time, eventually he asked me to be a part of the book. And um, he already had created actually the group, but we weren't using it yet. The Survivor Circle. I love you know. Okay. So, um, and so we just started to use that into. People are coming. All the men are coming in now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So, Rich, what made you want to be an advocate for men who have experienced this? So, I can remember um, a close friend of mine back in the day sharing with me that mm-hmm. um, he was abused as a kid. Like, I can remember crying. Like, man, I was maybe in. College when he shared that, and it was by multiple people, and so that was kind of like my first time, wow. honestly, ever hearing about you know a man being like sexually abused as a child. Like honestly, I had never you know you hear about women, but I never thought that you know it could happen to men too. And so then, as years have went on, I've been connected mm. to people, actually men and women, um, close friends of mine who are survivors of, you know, sexual assault, whether again, it happened in their childhood, happened in college or in adulthood. And so for me, specifically with men, um, kind of to what Daquan was saying, I noticed that there was a lack of um, resources out there for men. And with me being um, at the time in grad school for counseling, you know, I was trying to figure out like, what do I want to focus on with this? Like, you know, I can focus on 
um, African American. I can focus on men, but specifically, like, how can I make a difference? And so um, I was like, wow, okay, God, um, all these people I'm connected to, men specifically who are survivors, they need support and they need resources. They need people who can advocate for them who may not have went through what they went through, but can empathize with them and walk alongside with them on the front lines and support them. And so um, I remember and this was a year ago. I remember sharing a post on Facebook, just bringing awareness to um, sexual assault as it relates to men. And I came across, I don't know how, and I know it was God. I came across Robert's post and he was not my friend on Facebook at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know him. And I was like, oh, wow. And I was oh, reading wow. his, his post, which was kind of like his story, part of his story. And um, I ended up sharing it. And then um, he was connected to one of our other friends, Ron, who is also, as Daquan mentioned, one of the authors in the book. And um, I was talking to Ron about it. And Robert ended up messaging me on social media because that's just the type of person he is. Like he will just reach out and we ended up. Yeah. You gonna do it right there, right then and there. Yeah. (laughs) I shared that I was interested in, you know, this area and this topic. And um, that's kind of how him and I got connected. But as far as, you know, again, like my connection to this, just really wanted to um, be a a resource for men. Um, And as a therapist, um, being an outlet for men who need support, who may not be ready yet to um, publicly speak about their experience, but just maybe needed somebody to talk to about it um, mm-hmm. in a therapy setting, or yeah. even as a friend or whatnot. So um, I just, I saw a need. I saw a need. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I think, you know, as you guys know, the Lord literally works in mysterious ways. <laughs> so yes. the fact that, you know, I mean, me being a therapist as well, like my whole life, I've been giving people advice and people have come to me and told me things that they didn't tell anyone else and probably will never tell anyone else. So I just knew like, you know what, might as well just make this, make a career out of it. Um, so I think that's awesome that you've done that. So um, what's like some of the main things you've learned or um, your your most prized experiences as being an ally mm-hmm. to these survivors? So I would say being connected to this great group of guys, honestly, I've learned so much just <laughs> from hearing them share their stories from being literally in physical proximity to a number of them and just doing life with them. Cause I think that's important. Like, you know, I can read all the books and, you know, look up all the research, which is important to know that, but I think really doing life with people, um, you know, walking alongside them gives you a more um, genuine and I would say organic um, experience. And so I've been able to learn from them and, you know, when, I may get clients who are men who, you know, may be survivors, you know, having this connection with them helps me to know what I can do to help support them in the best way um, that I can. And so it's it's really been a blessing to be connected to them because, I mean, it's one thing to be connected to like one person, but this is a whole group of guys who all have different experiences. Right. And so um, I've been able to learn so yes. much from them and that's been helpful for me. That's awesome. Um, so what do you, what do you guys think is something that every man who's experienced this needs to hear? You know what? Um, I don't know. I'm just a little, emo- I'm not a little, I'm very emotional right now because um, 
I don't know. I think it's starting to hit me like what's happening. Cause I, again, I wasn't doing this before. I was just, I was, I don't know. I don't know where I was in life prior to this, but well, I, just, I don't know. It just hit me that we have a community, a community to be able to help guys. Like, um, wow. I would say, I would say, first of all, knowing that you're loved. Right. And I mean, this genuine, this genuine source of love, um, not this this false this false sense of love for what we think it is because a lot of times we associate love with again with sex love with wanting something from you um mm-hmm. you know with love with this something something I'm gonna I need I'm gonna I'm gonna saying this to you because I'm trying to get something from you right I want men to know their love without 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 trying to take something from you um and I needed to know that because. Being surrounded by these men, and I would say, even when Robert, connecting to Robert, first of all, let me say this too. I don't even know how me and Robert became friends. I heard Rich talking about that earlier. I don't remember being friends with this man. He just popped up one day. (laughs) 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 But, um, and also knowing that you deserve to live. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to try that. You're fine. Take your time. But, I was talking to someone this morning, like you deserve to live. And they was, and I was, they was like, I don't, well, I don't think I do. Like you deserve to be able to break, break this silence and break these, these boundaries and these things that's been having you feeling like you can't move. Like you, you know, you can't move on. And like Rich said earlier, giving grace to yourself. Like at one point I didn't, I, I didn't think I did not until be surrounded by these men, this community. I didn't feel like I deserved to live. I thought I was going to be spiraling my whole life. Mm. I was suicidal most of my life. I was not knowing why I was dealing with long years of depression, anxiety, mm. still suffering with anxiety now. But I have a group of men now, which is why community is so big and having a community is so big that pour into me, that speak life into me. Um, that when they see I'm down or not just even when I'm down, even on a, even, even on a normal day when nothing bad is happening, that they're reaching out to me and uplifting me. Community is so big. And I want to tell these guys, surround yourself with people that genuinely love you. Mm-hmm. They want more, again, wanting more from you, but not, not trying to take anything from you. Not, not a, not an exchange, right? Mm-hmm. Just wanting you to be better. Um, yeah, and giving, giving again, I would say giving grace to yourself. Um, and it wasn't your fault. It, like it, it really wasn't your fault. Um, and I'm speaking. Let me speak from from a standpoint of whether you're a young man, a young woman, right? I'm speaking for both now, or rather, you were a dot. And people try to separate those things. It doesn't matter if you were abused. If you're being sexually abused, you were sexually abused. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't your fault. And you deserve to live. You don't deserve for that to um, ruin and take over your life. Right. And and I know we didn't have it before, but there is a community out there waiting for you to support you and having your back. And um, just taking a first step to step out there to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I would say... Um, Knowing that as a survivor, knowing that you are seen, you are heard, um, you have support because a lot of times 
these individuals have felt that they didn't have anybody they could go to. They didn't have anybody they could trust. Right. Like, you know, they would maybe maybe have disclosed it to someone. That person didn't believe them. So, you know, just really, again, it goes back to that support um, because you don't have to have been through what somebody went through to connect with them and to empathize. Right. This is true. With them, with their situation. And so I think it's important for men to know or survivors in general, like Daquan said, men, women, um, children, adults, that um, your voice matters, that yes. um, you you know are an overcomer. And even in, no matter where you are on your journey, you could be, you know, very fresh with just disclosing or coming to terms with what happened to you. Or you could be somebody who has been on this journey for a while, regardless of where you are on the journey, um, know that your story matters. Um, you know, we believe you. And as the Quan said, it wasn't your fault. I think that that is important because many times survivors feel like that. Well, what could I have done differently? Or maybe I did this. Yes. And I was like, no, um, you know, it wasn't your fault that this individual took advantage of you or took something from you that didn't belong to them. Um, so, you know, again, it all just goes down to that genuine love, um, support, um, and just be, being there. And for some people like me who um, are advocates, being a listening ear, sometimes you don't have to do a lot of talking. You could just listen, listen. Sometimes people just need someone to talk to. Can I say one more thing concerning what Rich was saying? Of course you can. <laughs> No, because um, and I, I'm just surprised I'm talking too because um, Robert always encouraged me to talk because I'm usually the person that plays the background, and mm-hmm. being a minister assistant over over um, our survivor circle and what we're doing is still new to me. But um, it's so happy, it's crazy. I, I was reading this page. I think I was using it as a reference with someone earlier, but we're talking about what can we share with them or what can we tell them. Um, but I wanted to share reasons why men may stay silent, right? And so right here on this page 13, which is breaking the silence and some of the things um, that are in the book is the fear that we face, well, you know, because most men won't admit it or share um, the fear that we face blame is one of them. The difficulty mm-hmm. of discussing our experience, that's still something that I'm that I every day would tell it in my story. I have to remind myself I'm in a healed place. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel the same way I did before telling my story, but I still have to remind myself because most people think you're sharing your story, you're good now, but it's still a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the fear that people won't believe us um, is is definitely one of those things. Um, a failed attempt to disclose our experience. I have told people and it didn't, didn't go any the way I wanted at all, right? Um, the fear of our predators. Um, I definitely was, um, and I know that happens a lot. I definitely was scared of the, of the men, um, that sexually assaulted me, you know, and that was from all my years, um, shame, the shame of how you feel, the shame of how people are going to make you feel. Um, if I open up, you know, and people feel, make you feel like less of a man, you know, um, the lack of trust in anyone around us to share our experiences. Um, we feel responsible for it as if it was our fault may not cause you to step up, you know, uh, confused mm-hmm. about our entire experience. Some men, as both of you stated, may not even understand. And I'm hoping and not maybe not to read this book or another resource that, hey, it actually happened to me, you know, 
Um, and also we enjoyed the non-sexual aspects of the relationship. Um, wow. Uh, and we felt like there was no point in discussing it. So I just felt the need to mm-hmm. share that because of why people always say, why, why man won't just open up, right? That's it's a, it's a list, like, you know, yeah, and also yeah. with us, you know, us making um, the man, you know, or pe- taking on a Superman complex, right? Like you have mm-hmm. to do everything if everybody you really don't have time for yourself, have to be strong all the time. And that's another thing I want to, I'm saying that and sharing with you guys. I know it's hard. I know it's tough, but um, you don't have to be Superman. You don't, um, this, 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 you know, being a man and what people told you has, has to be like a man should be able to express his emotions, right? A man should be able to, 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 um, I don't know, to just be open and vulnerable. So I'm, I'm telling, I'm speaking to the men right now that I know there's opposition every, of everywhere you're facing right now. Of, and you have so many reasons why you wouldn't share your story. Um, and even, let me just say this, even reading this or connecting to us, we're not telling you to share your story out loud, but right. um, even as our survivor circle group, having a community in which we're on the journey to hold this with the guys, right? Like, yeah. Even just surrounding yourself with the community is is big. So I just want to say you have every reason not to, but it'll also change the perspective on why when you start to connect with people just like you. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that. Yeah. So in that same vein, where can they find you guys and get connected to this kind of stuff? Um, so for the survivor circle, so oh, so our, our we have a survivor circle group, which I was which we were just stating. So in other words, which we have written down, which is on here, people people to find when you look, it says this is a space for men from all walks of life to engage in a safe space to share their experience and empower one another to become the best versions of ourselves. And Rob says this saying, um, um, what is it? Healing is a destination. What is it? How, how does he say it? Um, healing is a journey. Holding is a destination. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so we're so we have it's, it's plenty of resources. It's men that uh, first of all, um, there's there's men with numerous and different stories, um, and some are like some aren't, you know. But we're related that how we relate that we that we're, that we're survivors, and it was so important to have a group to which we you know would let the guys know we're just here on your journey to heal, uh, you know, uh, to wholeness. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we're not expecting you to again to step out and share your stories like us. Um, we're not expecting you to share with your families and just, you know, and, and, you know, and just be, and also there's men that we've been, you know, we share intimate things in there and some men, you know, just recently said, Hey, it's hard to, it's hard to forgive. I haven't forgiven yet. I don't know where to start. Well, this is a, this is a point where we meet you and where we start with you. We just, Mm -hmm. you know, so the survivor circle is that for the person that, that is a survivor. And also Mm -hmm. not just that, we provide resources too, and we're building this up. So not just survivors. If you're a man and you're an ally and you're an advocate, and mm-hmm. um, so if you know, which you I know you're a therapist, if you know any ally, if you know anybody that's therapists, counselors, um, that deal with these things, that want to be a part of our movement and to be able to help all of us, because we can share our stories, but then you need that professional aspect of things, right? Mm-hmm. And we never yeah. want to misconstrue things and, and lead people on. We're on this journey with you, but we're also mm-hmm. not just giving our stories out. We're also providing resources for you. So in so many right. words, that's what the survivors group is on um, survivor circle group is on Facebook. On Facebook. Okay. The survivors yes. group. Okay. 
Um, do you guys have any other resources or you want to share your Instagrams or anything like that if they want to get in touch with you guys? Um, so, um, so my, so my Instagram, um, which is just, well, I guess, you know, well, find me on Facebook because my Instagram is just, even though I respond on there, it's more so just pictures, um, uh, that I've, I've taken. Um, but on Facebook, my name is Daquan White and you can find me on there. Um, and also I, I'm gonna speak for Robert as well. Robert Marshall on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, so you can reach out to him rather on there or on Facebook and then Rich, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Rich Griffiths. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at <laughs> King underscore rich dot G. Um, and I have a, web- <laughs> I do have a personal website, um, richgriffiths.com that I can also be contacted through. Um, and of course, as I've mentioned before, um, I am a therapist. My wife is a licensed therapist and we have a practice together. Um, awesome. Crown Life Counseling, PLLC. Cool. And I can I can share that link with you, and you can put it. I don't know if there's a way to like share it in the body of the post or whatnot. Yeah, I'll put stuff. all these things in the um, description for everybody. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, that's how you can find. Yeah, me. yeah. So you guys just send me everything, and then um, I'll put it in the description for everybody. So I'll put that on uh, YouTube and on Instagram. Uh, sorry, and on the uh, description for all the podcasts. So if you guys want to watch this, you can go on YouTube like subscribe all the things that people do there um but yeah i just want want to once again uh just thank you guys for coming on the podcast um and i want you to know daquan the lord is proud of you for you know stepping out and doing this absolutely um and take some time today because i know you know you're not used to sharing so much so just self-care after this um look i just want to let you know that i'm learning the hard way good yeah i'm definitely gonna take some time yeah (laughs) good good for you so um yeah you guys don't have to be strangers it was like an awesome opportunity to speak to you guys so thank you thank you so much thank you so much thank you for having us all right guys so as you know you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on instagram and on tiktok um you can also follow us on youtube as well um as you guys know remember to speak the truth in love and kiss the sun i'll talk to you guys next week bye